Welcome everyone to another Inland Lighthouse podcast. I'm Danny, and today we have a great show for you. If you have a burden for Sunday school, bus ministry, or outreach, then stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. All right, Brother Lee, go ahead and take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast here at Inland Lighthouse. And uh, this is your host, uh, Brother Bob Lee, and I got uh, my friend, our technical genius and sound coordinator, Danny Toronto, here with me. And uh, we're real excited today. Um, this is kind of like the, the perfect storm of events happening today. We just got out of the uh, Southern California Conference of Sunday School Ministry, and we got a couple guests here. We got uh, Brother uh, Thomas Rome from Chalmette, Louisiana. Louisiana. Uh, and we got brother and sister Chris New here from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, yes, as our guests. And then, of course, our own, we got brother Philip Booker here from In the Lighthouse. So, this is very exciting. We're able to. Uh, 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 pull them together here. Now, one of the things that we at the Sunday school uh, seminar we went to is you got to be real prepared, whether it's object lessons, your you know your Sunday school lesson, whatever we're teaching, be well prepared. Well, this Sunday, uh, I've put in a disclaimer here. We're not well prepared for this podcast today, but we'll see what we'll see what happens. I just kind of grabbed the guys together, and Brother Danny was available. Um, we thought while we have them here, they're all flying out tomorrow. We thought, well, let's take this opportunity to kind of pick their brains and talk a little about Sunday school ministry and uh, have a little. Fun today, and and uh, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. So uh, we'll start off with brother uh, um, brother New. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first got into church? Because uh, and I didn't know brother New until this weekend, and brother Rome either. Real, I've seen uh, maybe some Instagram post or something like that, but I never actually got to talk to him. And the seminar was great. And brother Philip's going to talk more about uh, some of the some of the neat things that happened uh, over in Redlands. And we thank. Uh, um, Brother Wilmoth for hosting that event. It's been great for the last few years. But Brother Chris, why don't you, and he got, he's got his wife here, uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys got in church because it's a fascinating story. And right. uh, So why don't you <clears throat> tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, sure, man. It uh, it, it started, uh, I was born and raised under Bishop B.A. Spell, Pastor Tony Spell's church now. Um, young kids backslid, went in my separate ways and uh, just kind of just kind of found my own way in the world, you know, kind of just made mistakes and struggles and all of the above, well, uh, at, in my older age, got some trouble, started getting along, this, that, and other drugs, and carried on, just whatever, you know, just a little bit of everything. And uh, I met my beautiful wife that I have here with me. And uh, from that point, you know, we just was together, just, and we had my first son. And uh, at the time, <clears throat> she ended up actually, we went to church, visit my mom and them, and just that and other. And she ended up getting the Holy Ghost and, and praying through and, and uh, next thing you know, you know, a little while later, uh, end, up, end up backsliding myself. I was out of church, and I, I was kind of forced into it, of course. You know, the devil was fighting me. I, I didn't want no part of it. Uh, I was bitter toward the church and angry and all the above. Well, uh, a couple of years through it, down the, down the road, we um, some more things happened, some stuff transpired, and uh, just down on my luck. Just had some run some bad times, uh, just some hardships and trials in our lives. We was facing a lot of stuff, uh, whether it be prison time and all of the above. Well, uh, one day I just happened to be just down on my luck. You know, I, my wife and I ain't spoken in about a week's time. I, I just was down on my last everything, my last money, my last gas, my last everything. I, I feel like I was on my, I feel like it was, the, it, it was the end of it, you know. So I was just, I talked to my cousin and we sat back and was like, we, we need we need Jesus, you know. We was like, well, this is a Thursday morning. You know, from that from that very moment, I feel like God just woke something up in my heart. So it pricked my heart. And I feel like I was broken and I feel like God was just calling me. Well, anyway, 
my mother is apostolic, you know, and Pentecostal, and um, I literally called her just to pray for me. Uh, that, was, that was my intention to call her, just to hear my mom's voice and just to tell her to pray for me because she actually works with an apostolic man, you know, and they, I was going to tell them to pray for me. Well, of course, that, that it happened, and she ended up calling me back, hung up on me rather, and called me back. It's like, hey, look, Pastor Tony Spell is waiting on you. So I was just going to oblige her, say, yes, ma'am, I'll, I'll go. But I, was, I, was, I wasn't going to. I had no intention on ever going there. Well, next thing you know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, my, my eyes is watering. I got tears rolling on my face in my, in my truck just riding. And uh, I show up to I, I lift my I kind of lift my hands off my steering wheel and wipe both my eyes. And I, I, I to this day, I, I know it's a God thing now, but I didn't then. I looked up and seen a whole row of white buses laid out there in front of me, which is our, which is our bus at our church. Uh, we had 12 of them. I looked up and seen 12 white buses, and I, I just kind of wiped my eyes again. And the time I kind of got myself together, it's like, man, where am I at? You know, I looked over there and seen Pastor Tony Spell outside the parking lot. I was like, well, he's seen me now, so I guess I, it, no need to drive off. Let me go talk to him. And I, I don't believe we said a word. We both just really, I, I met him halfway, went to the altar, and from that day to this, I, I've been in church living for God, and I've been uh, part of the bus ministry and part of children's ministry and all of the above. And, a good Lord willing, I, I plan to stay. That's awesome. Now, now it's been about how many years? Three? Three years. About three years. <clears throat> now my, my wife and I were on vacation in uh, Louisiana, and uh, we were excited. I didn't I didn't know. I thought Brother Tim Spell was, was the pastor, and we got there, and Brother Tim Spell was there. <laughs> but he said, he goes, you caught me on a off week, and he goes, I'm never here. Yeah. And, no, and not, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know Tony Spell and whatever. This is probably good. I've seen 10, at least 10, maybe 15 years ago, but we loved it and, and had a great time. And then Elder and Sister Spell was there, mm -hmm. and uh, it was really neat to see them. And, uh, well, that's that's exciting. We're going to get more. Uh, I want to come back to you in a little bit, but I want to uh, hear a little bit about uh, um, maybe not the same story, but you were kind of born in church. Uh, Brother uh, Thomas Rowan, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got in church and how you got into the Sunday school ministry? Well, Brother Lee, thanks for having me on uh, today. Um, my story is a little bit unique. Uh, I was born in Pentecost, but I wasn't raised necessarily my folks. I got the Holy Ghost when I was six, and because a, a pastor was at it was in a home missions church in Alabama, Brother Hugh Twyman, and uh, he was he was big in the children's ministry. And I'm going to say something about him later on, but he prayed me through when I was six. I got baptized, and that was the first time I experienced the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost when I was six. Well, a few, I want well, not not too much after that. I want to say like later that year or next year, my mom and dad split. My mom left church. Uh, she back, so what, and unfortunately, she passed away of drugs. She just couldn't. She just couldn't overcome. And uh, and I got the whole. I got back in when I was seventeen because my dad um, made a deal with my mom. So my mom did not like the church. She did not like my dad. And in order for her to, she wanted that child support, but she only wanted the child support so she could use on drugs. See, me and my sister never seen none of that, never. And uh, my dad said, "Okay, I'll give you child support if Thomas comes to Sunday school." So he picked me up faithful for years, and uh, through that, I was able to fall in love with my Sunday school teacher, uh, Sister Christy. She was just a great teacher. She made it fun, active, uh, enjoyed going, and uh, my dad would take me out to church, and we'd go to Wendy's and get a burger, and I looked forward to that. That was just a big deal to me. See, that's why snacks, I'm big on snacks. <laughs> Those little things make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, you don't it realize does. it. It does. And, big difference. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, one day, I'll never forget, see, Sister Christy was the only one who asked me to come to the youth service. Nobody else would. The youth, she was, and she wanted to become the youth leader eventually. And the funny thing is, I said coming on as a preteen, and then when I got graduated from the preteen, I went to the teen class, and then she became the teen teacher. And then when I when I was about to graduate from the teen class, she became the youth leader, and I went to the youth class. So it was, it was really cool. I was, I was able to keep the same Sunday school teacher 
throughout those years. And um, and one day, all of a sudden, I had nothing to do on a Friday night because I use service. We have youth service every Friday night. I youth have some every night. And I felt like, you know, I want, I want to go youth service. And my dad came and picked me up. And uh, I went twice in a row, but I, uh, I didn't go back to church. I didn't go back for another year. And I never forget, my first job was working with my – he wasn't the pastor at the time. But he um, he was an assistant to his dad, uh, Pastor Otto Martin. At the time, his dad, the bishop, was the bishop of the church, pastoring. And uh, he offered me a job to cut grass with him. And I was cutting grass with him that summer. And, boy, I was terrible. I mean, I made more donuts than Krispy Kreme. I mean, I was terrible, <laughs> you know. And uh, and he would pay me ever since he would see me on Sundays. He would bring my check every Sunday morning with Otto. And um, one Sunday, he forgot it. And he said, look, man, why don't you come tonight? I'm like, oh, man, I got to go to church. It's not... So I was like, well, no, I'll count the ceiling tiles. I'll count the boards, you know, because I needed to know when I was 17 and I wanted my money. And, well, I went that Sunday night and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost started moving. The, church. the choir was singing and uh, the Holy Ghost was moving. And I just felt like I felt God again. That same spirit. And I felt that same spirit when I felt when I was six. It reminded me. And I felt like God saying, come on, now's your time. Now's the time. And, um. That's it. I, I, I stood up, with my hands, and that's when God refilled me again with the Holy Ghost. And then uh, that's how I got back in. And um, ever since then, I got I got around the right people. Uh, it just so happens my circle, my friends, and my brothers in the church, they're all involved in evangelism. My my friend Michael, he's um, he st- we started a home missions work in Homa, Louisiana, which is about an hour south of New Orleans. That's real Cajun people right there. And uh, uh, he's a great guy, and his brother Mark. Um, he's one of our bus captains. Started out literally from the ground up. Great guy. Him and his family. And my 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 best friend Kevin. Uh, he's our youth director, and he's also the bus driver. One of the bus drivers as well. So I was for, very fortunate to get around the, the right people that involve evangelism that want to do a work for God. That were kingdom minded people. So that's basically how I wound up learning to have a passion for outreach. And I was doing all this before I even became a preacher and before I any all these things. These guys instilled into me the importance of evangelism. That's awesome. You know, I want, I want to get into our uh, talk real quick to our next guest. But you guys, so I think we got the full spectrum here. So with all due respect, it doesn't sound like Chris, you know, was born and raised in church and lived right all his life. And, and maybe perhaps you got out, uh, uh, Brother Rome, for a little bit. But Philip Booker here, he's got a great heritage. Obviously, we know Bishop and, and Joel Booker. and But Philip is in charge of the Inland Lighthouse Sunday School, and you've been doing that for how many years now about? Oh, goodness. <clears throat> now i got to do math on the fly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, teaching, it's, teaching, it's been many years. probably 20 years or so, but... Um, uh, Running the Sunday school maybe five or six years, okay, maybe a bit longer. I don't remember. So my point is, is, is you know, so Phil been a church all his life, and and I uh, teach and help out as as best I can. And I came in church. I was thirty three years old when I first got into church. So most of my life, uh, I was out. Um, but so if you're out there wondering what you can do in Sunday school, there's, there's room for you. And, and I think it takes all kinds. In my does. Opinion. I mean, absolutely. The, the, some of the stories that I mean, I was in tears at the Sunday school. And again, we're going to get into the Sunday school conference. Um, there was some praying going on. The Holy ghost was falling in, in some of the different sessions and just some neat 
neat stories. And we're going to maybe ask you guys some, some, some stories that you've had, but now, so I want to go back here to, to, uh, to Chris. So how many buses are you running and picking up? I saw some <laughs> of your statistics today. Maybe you can right. kind of tell us a little bit about how, how it's grown over the last couple of years. Absolutely. It's, it's sister uh, news says it's really expanding the three years that they've been there. It's just really taken off. Absolutely. Well, in the last couple of years, uh, when I got in church, actually about three years ago, we had 12 buses. I went in, like one of my very first, uh, like couple. Well, I say my very first, my couple of first couple of weeks there. I actually didn't even have a job yet. I was still kind of going through some stuff, you know. And I, uh, I went and picked up number thirteen myself from uh, out in somewhere in Louisiana. Brother Cox, brother Jerry Cox had it somewhere. I one of his congregation had it. We went and got it from them, and since then we are now to twenty three. Wow! And uh, in the last, I guess, year or so maybe a little longer. I stepped into the bus director role at our church uh, due to some unforeseen events. Uh, my uncle, who was the bus director at our church, passed away, and a young man stepped into it, and uh, something happened there, and uh, I ended up stepping into it now. just kind of really kind of fell in my lap, and I just took it over. But uh, so, yes, sir, 23 buses strong now. We've got 23 full routes running. Today's numbers uh, came in just a little. I asked my pastor to send them to me. And today uh, we picked up 571 riders on our buses this morning. That's incredible. And, uh, <clears throat> our year-to-date riders is uh, 9,033, and our average weekly is 531 riders on our buses. So our bus has been very, very prosperous, but it takes hard work and dedication. Yeah, that's incredible. And my wife being the outreach director of this, and I'll let her speak on that side of it because I'm not, I'm not as sure as she is on that. But uh, it, it takes it, – it really takes a heart for it. It takes somebody to go out there and, and – pound the pavement, if you will, to go out there and knock on doors, not be afraid to walk in the, the dirtiest, dustiest of areas and go out there and, as Brother Rome so eloquently put it, in, in your Samaria. And that's just what it is, man. It's about going out there and just making it happen one way or the other. And that's just what we, we pride ourselves on, making make sure the buses run weekly no matter what, rain, sleet, snow, shine, yeah. thunderstorms, hailstorms, whatever it may be. We've done waited through knee-deep water to get to our buses, and, and we don't care. We'll do it again whenever we need it. So I'm just saying, you know, the bus is going to run. We're going to make sure of it. Well, that speaking <clears> of storm, that's some amazing. We've seen some pictures of the recent uh, – what was the name of the flood? Well, it was just floods. It just, yeah. just, just the great flood of 16. Yeah, out, but it, it. it seems like it's God has just blessed that. I mean, he, he turned tragedy into just incredible things. Yeah. What the devil meant for bad, man, God meant for exactly. good. That's well, the way our pastor puts it. <laughs> the Phil knows our stories here recently, too. His, <laughs> his daughter, if he wants to talk about that, he can. But, uh, okay, Brother uh, um, uh, brother Rome, so what about you guys? you got about four buses, I think you Yeah, said? yeah right now we're running – three right now but we are fourth one we're actually in the process of trying to get going we're looking to expand the, the city of new orleans because Chalmette's like right next to it i mean and uh because what's happened is our bus kids they move overnight you know we're, we're dealing with unstable homes i mean i'll knock on that door saturday at three o'clock checking on them on outreach and then we go knock on that door not even 24 hours later at nine o'clock in the morning and they're like who are you got another person saying who are you i'm like um i just talked to y'all yesterday I'm like oh no they uh moved they moved to the city I'm like what so that's what we're dealing with with our bus kids and um we actually got contacts in the city so right now we're just trying to find some laborers to go out there and we're actually talking about putting a preaching point out there as well expanding into the city actually because there's great revival and um harvest in the city of new orleans and i know a lot of people are scared because of bourbon street and french quarter i mean look man you scared the devil <laughs> I mean, look, you guys live in California. I mean, there's a lot of devils out there in California. <laughs> Hollywood, I mean, <laughs> come on. 
I mean, the devil's the same no matter where he's at, whether he's in New Orleans or some too big town out in JS, Mississippi, you know. Um, we're not scared one bit at all. You know, I'm not intimidated, you know. I, I I love it when I hear preachers say that, like, my God, New Orleans is full of sin. I'm like, where sin is, grace does much That's more abound. Right. Forget that. So we're not scared of the devil. <clears throat> we're looking to get a foothold and a stronghold in the city because that's a great chance, man. We're, I think we're going to, you know, matter of fact, B.A. Spell preached for us a while back, about five years ago, and he prophesied over our church and said that we're going to take Louisiana, southeast Louisiana by storm. He said, you guys will be putting work. So this is what, and we already started in Homa, and we're looking – you know, wherever God opens up the door. So, you know, that's what we're looking to do. Um, but as far as our buses, we got dedicated men and women, as Brother uh, Neil was saying. It takes work. It's work. Yep. You know, um, you know, we, we try our best to uh, be faithful to it. It's very important. You got to look at this thing as another department in your church. This is permanent. This isn't a quarterly thing or an Easter thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We do it. This is our lifestyle. We're committed to this thing, and um, right. we average about around 100. Sometimes we can get we can get up to 150 if we want to, but right now the dilemma we're facing is our building is that we're maxed out, and right now we're looking to expand. Well, that's another thing, too. Uh, we got a lot of good problems. <laughs> yes. Right. That's right. We're looking to uh, – uh, Pastor Martin's looking to get another building. Matter of fact, there's an old Winn-Dixie uh, grocery store. I don't know if anybody remembers those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that shut down. Uh, it hasn't opened since Hurricane Katrina, but it's big and be perfect. Like if we get this building, we'll be almost like Life Tabernacle over here. We'll have the space. We have the place to put the buses to pull in, and we're claiming we got people going over there praying over the parking lot. Just as a matter of fact, the guy who owns it put it in the newspaper, and people like, man, we want that. We, we're claiming that in Jesus, and we're hoping, you know, that'd be great for us because we can really, we can really do something like that because we actually, we know how to do it now. And like you guys, as far as building the bus route, once you figure out that formula of how to go pick up kids and, and, and work your neighborhoods, man, you can take 20. If you have 30, 40 buses, you'll be able to fill them up because you know what to do. Yeah. The problem with us is that we know what to do, but we don't have the storage. We don't yeah. have the manpower. I mean, we're literally maxed out. Or our, our We got bus captains and bus drivers. They sing on Sunday mornings. They're doing the preliminaries. They're doing song service. They're doing ushering. They're teaching Sunday. I teach Sunday school. As soon as I get off the bus, I go up in my classroom. You know, so we're all doing multiple things, and uh, because the laborers are few, that's why Jesus said, "Pray for them. Pray that God sends laborers." Because um, as Brother Cornwell always says, bus ministry is not for everybody. It's a calling. It's yeah. a calling. It is. It's a calling. It's not. You know, I, one thing I learned <clears throat> as outreach director is trying to recruit people, and that was a terrible mistake because they would just nobody quits. They don't say, oh, "I quit." No, they just walk out. They don't tell you nothing. Like you're waiting for them to get on the bus. I'm like, "Where's so and so at?" And I call them, oh, I don't feel like getting on today. And it's like, in other words, I'm done. But um, that happens. But, you know, we got our we got about 40-plus member team. Um, they're dedicated. Um, our bus captains love their kids. They love their routes, our bus workers. We got a great maintenance team. I mean, these guys, stay on top of things. And without the maintenance team in bus ministry, it's probably the unsung heroes of bus ministry because mm-hmm. they're the ones who get dirty and nobody sees them. They don't get the accolades like they ought to. But our, our maintenance team makes it happen. So uh, I'm very proud of our bus team uh, at the First Pentecostal Church of Chalmette. You know, uh, you brought up, and I was going to ask about recruitment. Um, I, I think because uh, you don't, you have teachers that you, obviously you need a burden for, it and you got to want to be there. Yeah. Um, 
But then again, you don't want to uh, like burn out and overwhelm the people because they do have other things. To That's do. right. Does your church, and I know Brother Spell, because he taught, and Brother Philip's going to get more into this conference we had. He taught last year, I think it was last year or the year before, uh, he taught at this Southern California Redlands conference. Um, so obviously he's into it. He's backing it. And our, we're blessed with uh, the leadership here because they see that the Sunday school kids are the future. But how do you, is, is there a mechanism you use to, and I, I'll tell you, or Philip can talk about what we do, or at least one of the things I think we do is, is you know, to try to advertise, but tell what's going on in the Sunday school to get, because you do need bodies, you need people yes. in there, but you you want the right ones. But maybe this, you know, I'm just, I guess this is kind of like. Uh, kind of how we recruit. But yeah, how to recruit, because there are probably some people that I can't teach class, but you don't have to make necessarily stand up and right. teach a lesson there, but I like the way we do it. Our format here, I think brother Philip talked about it in one of the lessons. You might have eight, eight minutes for this week and that's all you're, you're responsible to do. You, you know, can you get up there in front of eight, you know, the kids for eight minutes, but how do you guys recruit people? And, and again, I know there's a burden element involved, right. but what do you guys do? Well, that's the first, like you said, the first thing is a burden, but what we do is when, when there's a, a opening, a vacancy, uh, we usually, it's usually next man up. And we we'll say, hey, would you mind doing this? And they either step up, like they they own it, this is mine, or they 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 stop, and we have to find somebody else. Or sometimes we get people to come and, hey, can I be part of the bus? And sometimes exposure too. Mm -hmm. And what I do is for me, we, I have a screening process, um, the the fill them out before they can fully commit to it because some people like you know they're not too sure because they understand the commitment involved. So I let them work the door deal with the kids or go on the bus, maybe one ride and see how they like it before they commit to, because people, I mean, when they see what's happening, they're like, Oh, you know, well, that looks great. But when you actually go on the bus and you're dealing with kids, you're dealing with them throwing stuff at you or and we're, <laughs> we're not going to say what we said earlier, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> can you deal with that? You know, yeah. and uh, some people love it and some people don't, like I said, it's more of a calm, but as far as recruitment, I, I'll try, if I feel like when I'm talking to somebody, I'll feel them out, like their personality. I'm going to say, you know, I think you ought to um, try out the bus. Why don't you come try out the bus? Mm -hmm. and, um, and they'll either say, yeah or no, oh, okay. And then they'll show up, and then we'll take it from there. I'll give them exposure to it to see where they see where they like it. you know. And, and for, a, for a Sunday school, the way that works is that that's a different screening process there. That, that, I mean, when a vacancy opens up, we usually try to find somebody that that's faithful, that knows the word of God, that has a good uh, report of the pastor. And same thing with us. And that's another thing too. As far as my screening process, since now we're in 2019, before when somebody is interested in our bus ministry, before they can get on the bus, I I, I screen them, I talk to them, I interview them, and filling them out, and then I go get them approved by our pastor, and then we find a place for them. And before they can get on the bus, I usually have them work the door for about three months. Why? Because I want them to prove faithfulness. Because he, I count on my bus captains. I count on our bus drivers to be there every Sunday. This isn't where you can't just like I don't feel like going. I don't feel, no. They, they, our guys are faithful, and I need to know you are faithful. I need to know that you're going to be there when nobody else will. But I need to know without a shadow of a doubt. That's one thing I know. I can come out here to Rialto and do you know preach and do kids revivals and note back at home that we got bus captains and bus drivers and bus workers. They're going to be on time. And, and be there and be faithful. Um, I'm so grateful for that. But that's why I do that. I screen it. And plus, <clears throat> especially with those who want first get in church, I want to know where they're from, background, you know, because you got to be careful who you put around kids, yeah, you know, especially in this day and age. God forbid in the apostolic church we ever have a problem like the Catholic church. 
God forbid. I don't think we will, but um, but you never know. It's 2019. There's a lot of crazy stuff. So we we just take those precautions, you know, and we go kind of go through them, like what not to do. Don't touch them, you know. Don't be aggressive or put your hands on them and things like that. But as far as recruitment, we give. I like to give them exposure. Exposure is, is the best way of giving somebody the opportunity to, well, you know what, I'm interested, or, well, I don't want to be a part of that. You know, that's kind of the best way we like to do things, you know. And I know, but the spelling may have something different or Rialto, but for us, that's what kind of works for us. Because I try to, I try personally, went to somebody, hey, I really think you ought to go join the bus. And they'll say, yeah. And then, like, they'll just quit in about one or two weeks. Like, I, I will give them a lot of responsibility. Because I think, because they, they're good people, they, they good report of the church. But they realize the, the weight of the responsibility, and they're like, ooh, back off. So I like to give them a little bit of exposure first, give them kind of like a taste, and then take it from there. So that's kind of what we do in Shalmet. Well, the key, and before I get to Brother New, is, is faithfulness. I know just from being a manager and having reports in my secular job, I'd rather have somebody that I know is going to show up to work. They may not be the brightest or the best yes. worker, as opposed to somebody that I don't can't count on. And you know, well, great. What are we going to do now? So and so is call, somebody calling in all the time. I that, I think in twenty something years of work, I don't think I ever called in sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just me. And you know, I don't. But being faithful, I think, is a key. Man of burden, brother Chris. What do you guys do, and brother Spell? Do you guys, I think exposure is good too, because I think a lot of times people right. may be afraid and like, I don't know what to do. But let them participate. Just come over and check us out, you know. And again, let's just see the different roles and all the different positions that are available and but just just being a body sometimes i think helps you know right. just to sit next to some kids you know i mean it's it's amazing if you got an adult and you sit next to a kid that typically acts up how calm <laughs> they are that day right. just by sitting there yeah mm-hmm. but go ahead and tell us chris what do you what do you guys do right well i say i'll, I'll let my wife do a little more talking on this this is more her deal than mine but uh, I'll, I'll just say for my my part of it a lot of our part of it is like my, my own self is kind of just talking. Hey, man, we we got buses, we got new buses coming up, we got this happening. How about being involved in this man? He's got a bus over here, whatever it may be. Just like you said, kind of just let them kind of fill it out, get fit in somewhere. You, you want to ride a bus for a little while? Come ride with us and just see how you like it. And just you know, they do nothing. Sit there and just ride. Just come ride a bus. They're gonna run whether you're there or not. You know, Ooh, yeah. it, it don't matter to us you, whether you're you'll be a, a blessing to us. But the, this bus is gonna run regardless. Yes. So the buses we have here, they're going to run no matter what. So I say I'll pass it to her and let her explain more of that because they're, they're more – I'll say they're more the voice behind it. Like on my part of it, I tend to kind of stay on, on – just do the footwork and just on the, on the back burner over here and do my thing outside and just make sure the buses are run, make sure everything's tuned up, ready to go. Um, what we do at Life Tabernacle when somebody wants to get involved or we need help, um, a lot of times – um, people will be like, oh, I think I want to come help in Sunday school. So we'll have them fill out a visitor application first. Um, that, that way that we can see, kind of like you you screen them. Um, we'll, you know, make them answer a few questions and they'll tell us an area they might want to go visit. Um, and we'll, you know, talk to pastor about it or Sister Spell, our pastor's wife, and uh, kind of, you know, pray about that and let them go. And see if they like it, and if they don't, you know, then they're, you know, they were just visiting, and right. we don't have to be like, okay, well, we got this new person, we need, you know, a new staff member. Um, but a lot of times in our church, um, um, when people either move to Baton Rouge or new converts that want to, you know, get involved, we have them fill out a staff application. Um, they, 
You know, they're allowed to say what area they want to help in, but sometimes they don't always get to go there. Yeah. We we try to push them more into where we need help yeah. the most, which would be like uh, like our 8 to 12-year-old areas because uh, we actually, everybody wants to go do with the little kids. They, yeah. think, they think that's so easy. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're like, I'll do better over here. So they think that, that you know, that that's where they want to be. We're like, we try to encourage them to go where, where we need them. Um, if they want to help on a bus, they see our coordinator um, tell her that, hey, I want to help on a bus. So she will place them with a captain who needs help or doesn't have a lot of helpers already. Um, and to be a captain, you have to fill out a staff ap- application. You have to have been a helper on a bus uh, previously so you can know, yeah. you know, about faithfulness and how it works, how to deal with kids, how to register kids, you know, and just how everything works and, you know, prove that you you can do this, that you're ready to step up and be a captain because our pastor, we do not not run our buses during the flood. We missed one Sunday, and the next one we were back on. We were in yeah, a whole building and started having church. We uh, he gets very upset if a bus doesn't run. So there is none of that, and um, so that's what we do. We have them fill out staff applications and pray about it. Our Sunday school superintendent, uh, that's who they would turn that into uh, every Sunday night. Um, our Sunday school department gets up and does like a praise report, you know, all of the leaders and superintendents mm-hmm. of Sunday school in every area and bus ministry and everything gets up and, you know, we tell everybody our numbers. We do the first, second, third place. And they they had that opportunity right then to say, hey, we need help on buses. If you want to get involved with bus ministry, see me. And we go down, uh, you know, announce my numbers for outreach. If you want to get involved with outreach, see me. And then the Sunday school superintendent, make sure you fill out a staff application, da-da-da. And then we go on down the line. Um, but we um, we have great, great staff members. And these people that are coming into our church, um, they see all that unity. And it's very easy for them to want to get involved. That's we right. have so many people. Yeah. And Pastor Spell believes uh, in putting people straight to work as soon as yeah. they as soon as they want to do it because we need them. breakfast yeah. doors breakfast doors yeah. anything yeah really whatever yeah. they want to do you know with there ain't teaching no lessons it's a big don't <laughs> yeah prove yourself for a while now yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like ain't teaching no lessons yeah but. you need to be you know in a Bible study and you know no doctrine and oneness and have holiness down before they like teach lessons, but if you want to help in an area, we are all for the help. Boy, I got to tell you just from my own personal experience, um, when, when my wife and I first got in church, uh, just in general helping, um, I'd go to, we'd go to church faithful, wouldn't miss, but altar call be done out the door, gone. Same thing next Sunday, next Wednesday or whatever. Um, until finally one day, guy, one day a guy came up and said, Hey, um, brother Lee, uh, would you like to help in the kitchen? The guys, you know, we're a fundraiser to pay off the building, whatever, right. you know, we just, we kind of handle it and I'm sure. And I'm telling you that got me hooked in to yeah. the church, you know, just by doing something, you know, I just felt more of a part of it. So we 
had something to look forward to. So it's getting people involved, but you definitely want to make sure that they're prepared. Yeah. And uh, that's why I like, again, Brother Philip will maybe talk about it. Cause I definitely want to talk about it. We touched on the devil wanting to mess things up. And I like to maybe Phil could tell us how we got our recent van or <laughs> I'm sorry, we went from a van to a bus Yeah. and that was a neat story if you haven't heard it, but uh, yeah, getting people involved. And like I said, we have, we kind of have a, an agenda every day um, uh, a schedule, I guess if it, agenda may not sound right, but, uh, uh, of, of leading songs, a object lesson, a skit, and then teaching a, another lesson or something. So we break it apart. So you're not teaching a full long class or running the whole thing. And, uh, and then, you know, after, you know, uh, it gets vetted through Philip and we have applications and stuff like that. That's so actually, I forgot to mention that was you, you was talking about that. We do do this as well. We have job descriptions for every single position. Yeah. And when, when somebody, when we let them fill it out, we, are, we okay. This is your responsibilities. Once you get approved, this is what's required of you. Yeah, we do that. Uh, and what we do is we go through is like these and they sign and have to agree. Okay, this is required you as a bus worker, yeah. Uh, and then when, or bus captain, bus driver. These are the requirements. And saying as a Sunday school teacher, and actually our church is actually in the process of doing a manual where everybody they're no longer assuming. Yeah. Okay, this is what the hour is supposed to be doing. No, it's on paper. This is your duties now. Right. And this is what's supposed to um. Take place. So I, I forgot. I totally forgot to mention about the job descriptions, but that's also good too. And I also got them a book. How you need job descriptions. That way, everybody knows right. what to do. Everybody's on target. No, no chaos, man. Everything's in decent in order. It's right. supposed to be in the Bible, and we do the same thing. So that's yeah. that's a good way. That's yeah, it. got to be lined up perfectly. We have job descriptions that, that they have to sign as well once that they are appointed to an area. And if you and if you and those your listeners, your audience, I'm gonna just go ahead and plug this in for you guys for the commit conference they have every year in January. Uh, if they, you have a chance to come, I highly recommend everybody comes uh, to Pastor Spell's uh, conference because w- when you go and you register, you get it's free. There's no charge. You just get down here. You'll be taken care of. You get a binder of stuff, and it's all the job descriptions of their church that Brother Spell has laid out, and you could take that back home and apply it to your church as well. That's great. We're going to maybe it, it, we're not done yet, but uh, we're talking about resources available and stuff like that because I think a lot of times is because you you. I think you said, and there's just some, so many neat things going on. It's just getting, and that's what we're doing here with this podcast is getting the information out. We'll talk about that. But Phil, tell us, tell us how we got our, our, we got our most recent bus. Sure. Uh, Started that commit conference when we left there. I'm going to second the plug that brother Rome gave it. If you've never been, I'm not even going to try to describe it. You (laughs) just have to go. It, it, it's just an essential for anybody involved in children's ministry, especially bus ministry. Uh, but we went there, came back as excited as I've ever been in my life. We came back home, and the night we landed, I think we landed on a Monday morning. Monday night, someone burned our van to the ground, one of our bus routes, uh, van routes, I guess. Uh, just coincidentally happened to happen when we were flamed up, on fire, ready to just tear the city apart. Uh, but thank God the insurance paid for it. It was covered. It shouldn't have been because our deductible was so high, but because it was a fire, they covered every penny of it. Wow. And in fact, we got more money out of it than a brand new bus that we got a week later cost us. So we actually wow. ended up doing good out That's of good. it. Yeah. And ended up, instead of a 10-passenger van, we had a 72-passenger bus, and That's now we awesome. can pick up a Thank whole geez. lot more people. Cool. Someone said that uh, there was a, a, a verse back in the, the Old Testament that talks about how if a, an enemy steals from you, they got to pay back sevenfold. Well, yeah. They did. They stole the ten passenger. We got a seventy-two out of it. So that's so cool. We'll take it. Oh God, <clears> Lord, it's pretty for exciting. That. Yeah, that's incredible. God's doing some great things. Um, so uh, again, um, 
again, we break it up. We have lessons like that. And, and of course, every, every Sunday, everything goes off flawlessly executed and stuff. Oh. We never have any problems. What Sunday uh, school do you go to, really? <laughs> no, no, like, really? <laughs> and we love object lessons. And, and again, Brother Phil's going to talk maybe some uh, resources available. Um, but uh, something I didn't get to sit in, this conference we were just at, the Redlands one, There, you had to – it was tough. I guess if I, one of the feedback forms is – make the conference a week and, and uh, so you can hear every single speaker, but you had to make a choice sometimes between uh, conferences or, or sessions that were going on. But um, one thing uh, you talked about occupation and you're an electrician. I'm talking about the Rome here. Um, I'm, chemist a kind of i guess kind of um, uh, uh, um, that's an overstatement for <laughs> but understatement sorry, so understatement. and i think you talk about that is taking what you know and and i want to lead in with something else if you don't touch on it but just take your just life events and stuff you can you can build a lesson out of that, yes right so tell, i mean you did a, a cool little lesson today i don't know actually we're not supposed to tell about the lesson you did today are we no someone might uh, die right <laughs> so we don't yeah, want to be just killing don't try to replicate it yeah, don't replicate it i no basically what brother lee is saying is that when we're as Sunday school teachers we're, we're always trying to find resources and you should find resources because you can't do this on your own um and apostolic son is a great resource but if you're like me um i've been i've i've had the uh, the honor to be able to minister with brother booker on several occasions at different meetings, youth camps here, summit, and therefore I can't do the same things he's doing, you know. <laughs> so that requires me to step out of the box, elevate my thinking. So I, I remember the first time back at home in the South, we, uh, we had him uh, first. I remember my first youth camp I did with Brother Dwayne Uzzle, and um, and I, I did all of his stuff, like everything, the smoke can, and I mean everything. And uh, everybody thought I was like, you know, the second coming, like, you know, because of, well, I'm like, no, this is all from Apostolic Sunday School. So the next year, following year, because I didn't think they were going to ask me again. The next the next year, they're like, they asked me, who y'all think we should get? I said, man, I think you should get Brother Philip Booker. He'll be a blessing to the, the region. And I said, all right. Well, guess who they get, decided to get for the day? Me again. And I'm like. No, I I wouldn't plan on me doing it because now you know because I get everything from him. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do, you know? So that required me. I said, okay, now I had to think out the box and look, and I was able to use my trade yes. as an electrician. Okay, you know what? I can do these things, and that required me to go research stuff. I said, you know what? I bet your brother Booker didn't do this. I bet okay. you didn't do it because I was trying to, you know, not that I was in competition with him, but I wanted I need to elevate my game. Yeah. As well, make myself and think outside the box. That way, um, I can also send stuff in return, even though sometimes it's not being used. <clears throat> um, I'm picking. I'm joking. That's whoa, an inside whoa, joke. Whoa, whoa, there. Whoa. That's an inside I'm joke. Scared to do half of what you <laughs> send me. But the, the, the stuff I'm done is all electrical stuff. I don't recommend. Matter of fact, I recommend that you do not do it unless you are a, a skilled electrician. Uh, so therefore, you can use it, but you gotta be a skilled electrician or be knowledgeable on how to do this stuff. Um, Great job. Uh, prayed up as well prayed up as well um but no um uh so therefore you can use your wife you can use your trade whether you're an electrician you're a plumber you're a carpenter what a doctor you know One or you're you a gra you know grass cutter i mean you can find something i mean especially if you're a preacher that listen you know what i'm talking about we find a sermon and everything that's right i mean a tomato can fall on the ground you can preach from that you know um Something and therefore you got to think out the box, which I that was one of my favorite, honestly, uh, sessions at the workshop was when y'all had those different objects out and you had like five minutes to put something together. And I thought that's really neat showing people. And I was very impressed with the people, the th things that the people came up with. Mm -hmm. That was really neat. 
And uh, so, therefore, you got to think outside the box. You really do. You got to take your trade, take what your skill, uh, whatever you do, and you got to apply it. Is it always easy? No. But you got to try it. You know, you got to keep doing it. And um, research, uh, one of the other resources is stevespangler.com, scientist. He's great. He's really phenomenal. He's uh, got a lot of good stuff in there. Um, some of it uh, may look dangerous, but it's really not. He, he ain't going to put nothing out there that's dangerous. He's really, he, for me, he's a little too safe sometimes. Um, <laughs> uh, that's just me, though. I'm, I'm probably going to get killed one day doing this stuff. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many times I've burned myself trying to play with something. Like, for instance, they had this, and I'm just going to give you a disclaimer warner uh, out there. Uh, if you ever see, if you're researching for stuff, and you ever see that, that, uh, scientific uh, demonstration where they take hand sanitizer and they spray it on a, a piece of wood and you light it with a fire comes on. You can actually pick it up with your hands and it's still on fire. That is not true, ladies and gentlemen. You will burn yourself. <laughs> and if you shake it off, that flame does not go out. It'll get on your shirt and it'll put a hole in your shirt. No so I know because I know this. I had I had burns on my hands because, I mean, on the video, they, they had the guy, the guy doing this. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, I, could, I mean, that's going to be cool. And actually, that was the same year me and you did that youth camp together, Brother Booker. And then I'm like, because I know Brother Booker actually has an object lesson, like the Holy Ghost can touch you, you know, get the little ball fire. And I said, like, yeah, I can compete with that. And I'm looking like, oh, my, oh, you know. So uh, <laughs> I wish there was a video of all my bloopers, man. That would be good. I mean, we could probably sell that make some money, all the, the mess-ups I've had. But uh, If I can tap into the sure. object lesson thing. Um, I, I am a, the biggest plagiarizer in the world. Like I, I, too. <laughs> I, I find Brother Lee. I pick his brain. Half the stuff on Apostolic Sunday School is from Brother Lee. Uh, it's from Brother Jason Bohan and Brother James Wang uh, from any place I can find it. Uh, so borrowing an object lesson, you don't have to be original. Man, no. that's, just use it. That's why we put these resources right. out there. There's no shame in reusing an object lesson that's right uh, i'm telling you everything that you see in apostolic sunday school it came from somewhere and most of the time it wasn't from me yeah. <laughs> so and I, I i have no problem with that so. um before chris talks here uh, brother james wang we did uh, uh ask him to be here today but unfortunately he, he was here for this weekend uh but he had to head out of town um, get back up to San Jose. Um, so unfortunately we didn't get to him but he's got a great he, he did a demonstration today the trawler um, T R A W L E R dot com. I don't know. Or trawler app. Trawler app. So look for that app. I don't know much about it, but maybe down the road on this uh, podcast, Philip can talk more about that. Uh, some resources, but he he does some phenomenal work up there. The Blue Bomber crew up in uh, San Jose, they do some great work. But uh, 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 what about? I don't. I'm not sure what trade you're in. What what do you, what do, you do for a living, Chris? Actually, <laughs> I am a well. Naturally, I'm a loader switchman in the rail industry. Anything to do with rail cars, uh, locomotives, okay. shuttle way, track mobiles is what I do naturally. Uh, I, I'm kind of grateful to be out of it now. I now just I'm a supervisor now on, on my job, so I'm kind of not hands on like I used to be. So my trade is a little harder to to bring down to the the uh, object lesson wise, but yeah, that, that's I kind of stand on my own with that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to make some lesson out of that, but. I'm sure you, you know what I, 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 you know, I don't get a model train set or so. I'm sure there's something there's you can something, do I, switching, I'm, diverting, train crashing. Find the something table. with steam. You could do something yeah. with steam. Yeah, see, like I told Brother Booker this this week. I, I told him I said when I get home, I'm I'm shredding some pants or something. I'm doing something weird. I'm I'm, I'm inspired <laughs> to to step my object lesson game up. You know, and I I'm hoping I intend to 
kind of break up our Sunday school lesson a little bit. It's been a lot, I hate to say this, it's been a lot of me talking and a lot of me this doing this uh, because just, just some just some areas that, that we, we, we struggle in, just giving teachers and, and people to actually teach the lessons. Yeah. So instead of me teaching the object lesson and teaching the lesson, I try to break it up with somebody else and let the little youngsters kind of step in. And we struggle a little bit in those areas. So, so I am trying to get some more resources. I actually use this conference that I'm supposed to be teaching at. I used it to learn and, and to take mm-hmm. some stuff home with me. So I'm, I'm going to take yeah. these resources that was just now spoke to every one of us. I'm, I'm going to try to increase my thing. But my, my really deal is, is uh, I took some of these actual lessons from my job and just kind of took them to, to the Bible, you know, and kind of just made it to where it's like, oh, okay, man, there's, we have what we have what's called like uh, an LPO, like an LPSA conversation at work, you know, where it's like, it's pretty much like, look, you know, listen and be, be focused and, you know, but I, I took this and took it to the Bible and used this for like, I made this like a lesson to teach out of, you know, just make it where it's like, or even uh, a one called the noise I actually wrote myself. And it's, it's just, it's talking about just about blocking out all the other noise and letting God take over. And I, I know there's something that we can make noise with in this, in, in one of these lessons. So I'm, I'm going to try to take some of this and kind of focus it to my, to my chemical plant career and try to make it part of, of my, who I am. So I'm going to try to step my game up this year, if you will. Well, like I said, I think in, no matter what your profession is, I remember talking to Brother Donnie Pound, who used to, uh, he pastors, I think, in New Mexico somewhere now. But uh, I remember saying, ah, I got to go. He asked me what I was going to do this weekend. I said, I got to go to a, a, a team building thing. And uh, and he goes, you know what? I used to not like going to those things. But he said, he goes, but what I do now is I go to those and I say, what can I get out of this and use in Sunday school? Yeah. And I, I kind of changed my mindset a little bit. And I'm telling you, some, either it's, whether it's a game, a team building game or something like that. But I try to just take my work and even, you know, uh, we have these town hall meetings and stuff. I try to take some of the concepts and things like that and just. Just in general, just I don't care what it is. You can you can probably twist it and use it somehow. But one of the things I want to get on to one of the programs that Sister uh, knew here, they have about the dresses and the modesty. I think this is so cool, and I want her to tell about it. I'd never heard of that, but I think this is something that. Brother Philip, if our church doesn't try to get on board, because we just had a women's conference here and they and ladies donated clothes and stuff like that. I'm thinking, wow, put it in. But I'll, I'll let you, Sister Sister New, tell us about your that little program I just alluded to. Um, right before Commit, uh, we were trying to revamp our entire classroom. Um, we even changed um, our schedule out and like renamed certain um lessons and we call our uh our modesty session the mirror movement um you know we're teaching the ladies how to be ladies and how to uh love holiness and how to love modesty uh, and how to be pleasing to god not just do it because we said so or we said because the bible says so what we started uh, was a modesty closet in our classroom. Um, we have our big class, and then there's a hallway where we have some, like, evangelist quarters, but we used one of those rooms and turned it into a closet. So we had some ladies um, donate all kinds of clothes, uh, jackets, blouses, dresses, skirts, shoes, um, anything, you know. We turned it into a closet, and we have, like, little rolling racks um, so we have a chart. If uh, the girls wear a dress or a skirt three Sundays, you know, and it doesn't have to be back-to-back, just three Sundays. When they get to three, they get to go into the closet and pick out an outfit. And um, 
during our mirror movement sessions, we teach them, um, like, you know, how to make it nice and cute, I'll say, for lack of better terms, uh, or how to make it fashionable so that, you know, because when you're coming in, um, when you're a new convert and you've worn pants or whatever, shorts all your life, you, it's really kind of hard to give that up because you, you it's a very drastic change, and it's very hard to do it just because somebody said so. You want to know why. Mm -hmm. Why do you have to do this? Why? So we try to teach them why and and then show them how to be pleasing, show them how to conduct themselves in modest apparel. Um, We have two mannequins in the classroom, and we'll roll out uh, some rolling racks from the closet, just put a bunch of clothes hung up on them, different, you know, like separate dress, skirts, shirts, uh, and we'll get, you know, two or three people on a team and we'll give them a place uh, for that person that's where they're going, whether it be like a football game, because that's relevant to teenagers, you know, that we pick up. They like going to the football game uh, or to the mall or on a job interview or to we do Sunday morning church, Tuesday night because we have church on Tuesday nights instead of Wednesday and then a Sunday night church. Uh, and so we we let them go. We they get the their models dress, and the girls in the class are like, no, 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 don't do that. You know, do this, get that, get that. And so they all get involved, and we, you know, they dress their mannequin, and it has to be modest. And we let, you know, them win, and then we'll do like two out of three because they want to keep doing it. They like it, and so uh, on Easter Sunday, we uh, we had about forty girls in the classroom, and uh, think about. um, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody in the future. I think it was like over half of our girls had on a dress or a skirt on Easter Sunday. And so it was really awesome. They're they're getting the love uh, down in their heart, and they want to be pleasing to God. Uh, In our class, you know, the Holy Ghost moves. We have girls, I'll say just about every Sunday, receiving the Holy Ghost. And we baptize back there. Uh, Our pastor's given, you know, um, the superintendent in our class authority to baptize the girls so that they don't have to wait. If they want to do it right then, they can, and they don't miss that chance because they might not come back yeah. ever again or they they're you know they might not ever come mm-hmm. you know on a Sunday night to do it. It is and a so, beautiful, beautiful thing to see these young women get on our buses that don't know the truth, mm-hmm. but otherwise what we taught them. Yeah. You see them wearing dresses yeah. look they look That's apostolic amazing. yeah they do mm-hmm. they look i'm talking about mod they look beautiful it's, it's such a beautiful thing to see this just i'm just a driver you know i'm just driving for this around it i get off my, my ear drops off first but when they get on the buses you know i see them like man this is awesome to be to see these girls that look they've been in church their entire life they look like just one of us it's just beautiful they, they feel right at home we have one young lady um she's been coming um ever since they started a route over in port allen um she's been riding the bus and uh, for a long time, her dad wouldn't let her, because she wears skirts or a dress every Sunday. Since we started Modesty Chart, she has been, like, wearing her, you know, her modest apparel every Sunday. She dresses like that all the time. Um, but her dad wouldn't let her wear skirts to school because she started, she got it so down into her, like, she wanted to change everything. She wanted to wear skirts all the time or wear a dress all the time because you know, she got that conviction down in her heart, and she she wants to please God. And um, she, we were praying with her, you know, for her dad, 
her dad to change his mind. And one day she came, we let the girls do a uh, little short testimonies in there, like a little praise report, something that happened to them throughout the week. And she came up and she told us that her dad started letting her wear skirts to school. Wow, so she, she's beautiful. She gets renewed in the Holy ghost every week. Every time I see her come, she comes on Sunday nights and Tuesday nights now. And she's beautiful. She's a beautiful apostolic girl. And, so, you know, everything that you're doing in bus ministry and children's ministry is not in vain. That's right. Because we, even if it's just that one girl, we made a difference in her life. You know, God was able to, you know, fill her with the Holy Ghost and change everything about her. She's beautiful. Oh, that's, that's, that's like I said, that's a great program. Because, again, mm -hmm. we, we, we want to get the doctrine in them. We want to get them the Holy Ghost and get them baptized or that opportunity to do that. But, but yeah, getting reaching their lives like that and getting seeing the changes, that's yeah. incredible. But it, I definitely think we need to do that. <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, uh, I got a, I got a book in front of me here called From the Ground Up, and this is a book by uh, Brother Thomas Rome, um, and and it reminds me, my wife bought this for one hundred forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Kind of expensive, so save up. He'll take uh, uh, installments. No, I'm just kidding. But she does have a book. She wants you to sign it. So remember, that's right. To, I remember uh, that. Uh, to do that, but why don't you tell us a little bit about this book and how people can get it, and what what, what just a little bit about it. Well, from the ground up. Uh, it's called From the Growing Up, How to Grow an Apostolic Church Through Bus Ministry and Sunday School. It's not just bus ministry only, but Sunday School. Basically, uh, in a nutshell, it's about how to start a bus route literally from scratch and uh, how to get it organized. How to, uh, and we talk about what we kind of what we've been talking about in this podcast a little bit, job descriptions, how to build a team. At first, you may be alone, but keep going. How to, how to start search for new neighborhoods to go in, how to search for certain kids and how to build it. And then maintain it, and, and the do's and don'ts, and what to expect. That you may uh, face resistance. Well, we probably will face resistance, and uh, how to handle that. You know, and I like to. Uh, I talk about one. One of my favorite chapters in this book is on Nehemiah. Uh, when Nehemiah went to build the wall, he had Sam Bow and Tobiah he had to deal with, and um, he was able to inspire the people even with a shovel in one hand and a sword in the other. And I was able to build that wall in 52 days. That's right. So even though, you know, the devil's going to fight you every step of the way. But hey, if the devil's fighting you, that means you're on, you're doing something right. That's the way I like to look at it. That's right. And he's going to throw everything at you, including the kitchen sink. And we talk about that. And also the, the part in Sunday school goes into the second half of Sunday school. And once you get your bus manager going, it's going to transform your Sunday school department. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's, it it's no longer going to be the same uh, business as usual anymore. Uh, it's going to require your Sunday school teacher to step up the A game. Uh, you may have to restructure your Sunday school department, and we talk about that. We're talking about kind of uh, what we have, um, the standards of a Sunday school teacher. They got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what we believe. We don't want just anybody, like y'all said, we don't want just anybody up there. You're teaching the Word of God to these kids. They got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They got to be faithful in all things. That's right. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then we go in there, some ideas. I got, I list some resources in there, like Apostolic Sunday School and a few others uh, where you can go and get some resources. And then we got a chapter on leadership in here as well, uh, dealing if you're an outreach director, bus director, Sunday school director, or a captain, whatever, or if you're just a leader, we talk about how to work with people and dealing with people and how to lead people, um, specifically dealing with bus ministry and Sunday school and children's ministry as well. Uh, but I firmly believe when you read this book, I don't believe in going to uh, denominations for outreach methods. Mm. 
I believe, I firmly believe, uh, when you read this, I'm doing it through an apostolic Pentecostal perspective. Um, I don't believe in going to the charismatics. I don't believe in going to the Baptists for outreach methods. Why? Because they don't have the truth. Mm -hmm. They don't have the truth. Do we really believe we only have the only saving message? Why do we want to go to some clowns that don't believe in oneness of God? Why should we let them tell us how to reach our city when they don't even have the Spirit of God working in them? Right. If you got the Spirit of God in you, you got more gifts than than uh, Steve Jobs would ever have or uh, Tim Cook at Apple. You got more gifts and anointing than the President of the United States. You got more leadership capabilities than the President or any powerful CEO because mm-hmm. you got the Spirit of God in you. That's what I truly believe. Because what what the Paul what Paul said that if you're in Christ, you now have those same spiritual promises that were given to Abraham. That's right. You know, we we can take dominion over our city. We can take right. that. And when you go and when in this bus, when you and we talk about here, when you run those buses in that neighborhood, it's not just about providing a ride to people to church. You're bringing hope into that city. You're bringing hope into that neighborhood. Right. When that bus is going down the street, kid, your kids will be looking forward to that because you know why? You're providing a place for them on a Sunday for at least an hour or so, or however long your Sunday school is, of love and compassion and mercy. Right. They may not be getting that. When that bus is coming down the street, they're like, oh, they can't wait because why? you're feeding them snacks. You're feeding them breakfast or whatever your church decides to do. That's why it's important for a Sunday school department to be fun and exciting. It must be because it, uh, somebody said it at the conference. I, don't know, I think it was it Brother Wayne this morning says the reason why the kids keep coming back is because of the Sunday school teachers. Mm-hmm. And that, that was said beautifully uh, this morning when he spoke to the Sunday school staff. That's the reason. And, and the bus workers, too, because uh, it has to be safe and fun, both the, the, the whole experience, the whole entire experience. But that's what the, the book is. It's about. And also we got some testimonies in the back as well. Uh, one of them is one uh, I mentioned earlier. My friend Michael, uh, he's uh, he's now pastor in the church in the Homa. He started it. Um, actually, the credit goes to him uh, for the cover of the book because he was sitting there with, as we were trying to think. I'm trying to think of a title for the book. He's trying to think of a title and a theme for his dedication service, and we wound up getting that printed from the ground up. Let's do it, and he wound up getting it printed out for his church service on there. Well, anyway. How he came to God, his uh, testimony is really powerful. He's now he he wound up marrying one of the brother Martin Bishop Martin's daughters, um, that great family, and uh, how he came to God is what he was actually searching for God. He was on drugs. I'm not going to go into the details. I want you to read the testimony. But in a nutshell, he was on drugs and he needed God. He, he so he knew he needed God. So he went to a charismatic church and it told him the, the pastor told him he needed to be baptized. Well, he forgot where the church was. So he's in some neighborhood in our city looking for the church. Well, on that same street, one of our vans, one of our buses was on the street. And they said, why don't you come to our church? Come on. We'll. And then from that point on, the next service got baptized. Um, so an unexpected search led to that. Um, and now he's a home missions pastor because of the bus ministry. Uh, one of the other uh, testimonies in here is he's, this man, he's a foreign missionary to that nation in Africa. And uh, he's a bishop over many works in Africa. And uh, now, actually, now he's starting to work out in um, the Virgin Islands. And uh, he was one through bus ministry in Sunday school. And uh, we got one of the ladies in our church. She actually was one through uh, when G.A. Mangan was pastor in Alexandria, Louisiana, the Pentecostals of Alexandria. Um, what she didn't realize when she was a little girl, that bus driver was going to be our future in-laws. So uh, and now they're a major uh, part of our bus ministry. 
So you know you don't know. It's not a miracle grow ministry. You're, it's a it's a, it's a day by day. It's a week by day thing, and that's basically what the book is. If you want the book, it's fourteen ninety nine plus shipping. Uh, right now they raised the rate, so it's probably going to be around twenty three to twenty you know four dollars for you get it in a couple of days. They raised the rates on that, so it's fourteen ninety nine plus shipping. Uh, if you want to get it, you can email me at my email is td.rome85 at gmail.com. And um, I can send you a PayPal link or you can go to insigniabooks.com. That's my publisher's website. Uh, you can get other great resources there as well. All Bishop Nathaniel Wilson's books. Um, and, and I think the Premier Study Bible uh, will be on there. It's also on there as well, which they'll be releasing, I think, in August or something like that as well. Um, but it'll be on that website. If not, you can email me. I'll give you an autographed copy. That only, it's only worth five cents more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that it's worth anything, but um, you can get the book. We have, we have. We, well, we're starting to get down on our supply. Um, we'll do a re- we'll do a reprint, but um, uh, that could take a while. So hurry up and get them while supplies uh, uh, demand. All right, that's yeah. good. Um, yeah, that's again great resources. This conference, I want to uh, maybe Brother Philip talk about it. But one of the bad things about it was was during some of the sessions you had to uh, pick and choose topics, and one of them, uh, uh, Brother Hodge talked about Brother Tyler Hodge, and, and he's done a great job at this conference. Yeah, he did a great um, job. Oh man, was, he's good. Uh, topics that shouldn't be taboo and that you know that you need to bring up in your Sunday school and one was like modesty you got to talk to them about yes. modesty. it's in the book it's in the Bible why are we afraid to talk about it but this yeah. is such a great way and, and if you think about it just some of the things that he brought up and you got to and Philip's going to tell us about how to how you can hear um, some of the sessions there I think they're all going to be recorded possibly and available um, if you weren't able to attend but some of these things it's like just a little creativity and thinking about it. you can you can touch on these subjects in a nice way and I'll never forget and you may tell us about brother Baglin I got to tell you brother Baglin in Sunday school he came here it's probably been almost 20 years that he did that first Sunday school lesson here uh teaching thing here it's been a been a while but i'll tell you he was so inspirational so much fun but um uh it's you know there's some ways that you can teach things that you think well, you can't talk about that in these kids but there's you know if you get a little bit of encouragement or start thinking outside the box a little bit you, you can touch on some of these subjects and stuff. so why don't you tell us phil about the 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 conference and maybe some other ways to get resources and things that are available Sure. Uh, it's a conference put on by the Southern California Commission, the churches of the uh, Southern California. They bound together and they support uh, bus ministry and Sunday school enough to put this conference on. It's in its fourth year. It's usually held in the first two weeks of May. This year it was bumped up a little bit. There were some scheduling conflicts, but it's a conference for all things children's ministry, bus ministry, Sunday school, uh, how to be creative, how to do outreach, just anything that touches on children's ministry in any way. And it's grown quite a bit over the last few years. Uh, it was built for the Church of Southern California, but it's expanded far past that now. Now we got people coming from all over the state and all over the country at this point. Uh, kind of a new format this year. We tried something new. We started earlier on Friday. Uh, we started at noon instead of at 6 and we did a kids service Friday night where we actually had the the people that were attending the conference participate in the actual service to make it make it happen. So uh, we were a little concerned about the feedback. We didn't know how it would go, but apparently it went over quite well. We had a lot of people that really enjoyed that piece of it, so we'll probably be staying with that for a while. 
Uh, then on Saturday, it's a 10 to 4. Long day, and most of those hours are spent with three different sessions. So as Brother Lee said, you do have to choose which one you're going to go to, yeah. which is a good and a bad thing. But if we don't break them up like that, we'd be there for a week trying to get all that information in. Uh, touching on how you can get those sessions, we did record every session, and pretty soon, hopefully in the next week, we'll get them all up on apostolicsundayschool.com, right on the front page. You won't be able to miss it, and you can uh, see all those sessions uh, from, I think we have every single one of them recorded. I don't, as far as I know, we didn't have any blips in the recording that I'm aware of anyway. Uh, but there were some incredible sessions. Over the years, we've had... Brother Wang, Brother Jason Bohannon, Sister uh, Garrett, Sister Frost, Brother Tyler Hodge, Brother Dwayne Uzzle, Brother Tony Spell, Tim Smith, Brother B.J. Wilmoth, Sister Jillian from Fort Myers, and this year we had Brother Thomas Rome in the news there, and it was just a great conference. And you can see the videos, you can listen to it, but it's not quite the same as being right. there. Yeah. And I'm not just trying to boost attendance. I'm not. But there's just some stuff that's communicated by just the presence of God that's there that you're that's not right. going to get through through uh, listening to something. But they cover I want to cut you off. Yeah, no, like no, I said, good. being there, uh, I'm sitting in the session, Holy Ghost Falls. We had to, I'm, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it, feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Um, but uh, we had to take a break, start praying and whatever. Then next door in the other room, we could hear Brother <laughs> Rome. The Holy Ghost falling in their session. And I mean, it, it, we were having, we're in these lessons. They're short 20, 30 minute segments, I think, half an hour, 45 minutes. It, it depended a little bit, but usually about 50 minutes. 50 four, minutes. 40 minutes. 40 so minutes. we were basically, we had, we had several churches <laughs> during that day. And yeah. uh, I'm telling the Holy Ghost was, was yeah. there. So it was awesome. Absolutely. It was. Um, to move so it's very inspirational. There's a lot of inspiration yeah. and passion that's communicated. But there's a lot of information too. So you walk away with knowing how to do skits, how to do object lessons, uh, different songs, uh, games, how to do outreach, how to start a bus ministry, how to advance a bus ministry, how to be exciting and creative, even though you think you're not capable of it, you can be. Uh, how to do teamwork, how to work together. There was a lot of a lot of topic on that, and I'm going to second what Brother Lee said about that session: things that can't be taboo in children's ministry. Uh, you could hear Brother Hodges. You could hear the pastor in him coming out. <clears throat> but it was phenomenal. <laughs> if you didn't hear it, you you have to. It was so well done. Very well done. Um, so great conference. Hopefully you can come out. We'll get it on the schedule soon. Uh, should be the first week or two of May next year. Okay. Brother Chris, you got any any other last? We're going we're to go ahead and wind this thing down here pretty quick. Do you got any, how about you and your wife, any last comments or any uh encouragement for some of us that yes sir whatever yes sir i, I want to say this kind of been my thought for the day man and I, uh brother wang hit on it as well this morning and, and then it, it, it the holy ghost confirms things in, in threes you know it kind of comes in numbers uh I, I felt in my spirit that don't let this become a job yeah. don't let's don't let this become work to you yeah let it become a privilege an honor let it become something that is, is god ordained it, it's it's called by god to do this I know for a fact if Jesus Christ was here himself, he would he would do bus ministry. He would, he says, compel them to come. Go out there and get them. And no matter what, if he was here, this, this is what he would be doing. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no shadow of a doubt. When he says, compel them to come, go out there and bring them. It, I've never in my life talked to somebody, and, and, and me, Chris knew it would compel them to come. The Holy Ghost ushers them into me. It's in my spirit. And you go out there and you be prayed up. You be well, well, you know, just carry yourself in a holy, separated manner. And you go out there and, and you just let 
let your light shine before men. So they see the good works in your father above. You know, it's just, it's about it's about just letting your letting your light shine. And like I said, don't let it become a job. Yeah. If it becomes a job to you, it's time to back down and go pray about it and, and get some help or whatever it may be, because this is not made to be a job. Right. Yeah. It's made to be a, a, it's a it's a ministry of love, charity. It's made, uh, you know, any way you look at it, it's made just for that. And I, that's all I want to say, man. Just make it a ministry of love. And just if you have lost it, get back inspired, get back re-inspired, whatever it may be. It's 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 when you begin to see the ministry unfold with your own family and you begin to go out there and knock on doors and get people to come to church and be part of a ministry and teach them Sunday school, your own family in terms begin to get saved and come back to come back to Christ. You know, and I've seen my own sister come back and pray back through and now she has her own bus. I've seen, I've seen, yeah, I've seen backsliders. Yes, I've seen things happen, but my own family is getting closer to God because of a love for ministry, a love for buses, a love for Sunday school. Whether you get some little snotty nosed kid and wipe his nose and, and tell him you love him, one day he'll be the next generation of teacher. He'll be the yeah. next generation. So we make sure let's not forget. And it's not, you know, don't be so soon removed from where, where you came from. That's right. Yeah. I, I feel like um, being a cheer, a cheerful giver is not just about paying money. You, right. you have to be cheerful in giving of yourself as yeah. well right. because yeah. you have to put you have to put the others first That's right. and all the blessings you know they'll come but when you put the kingdom first and you're cheerfully giving of yourself all those blessings and the peace and the rest will come with it but you got to put forth the effort first you have to give of yourself cheerfully and God honors that That's right. That's um, right. I, I can't even. I'm about to start crying. <laughs> well, you know, giving that of yourself and right and, and you know, wiping the snot. I think I don't want to throw my bishop under the bus, but there was a time I think in his early days of power, he, he he didn't really <laughs> like kids that much. <laughs> I think if he if I you know again, and I think God was preparing him for all the grandkids he was going to have eventually. But he said that one day he just said, you know what? I don't. know, Something happened in his life where God just said, you know what? This these kids you. You got to show a little more compassion or, or something. I don't I mean, he wasn't mean to him or whatever, but he, his whole life. And you, when you see six foot seven, eight Bishop Booker, <laughs> you know, 200 plus pounds, uh, hugging on some three foot tall little kid, I'm telling you, I mean, it's just, I, it, my heart just goes out. So you got to have a love for these kids. And I know our Bishop, again, that's why he puts so much into it here at our church. Brother Ron, what about you? What, do you, what else? If any final thoughts here? Well, the cap on what the news was saying is that when when it's all said and done about giving and working your bus, what, what what's a part of, of giving is faith. That's right. Have faith in giving. Faith yeah. in that when you give, that's going to do something. A lot of times people don't give because they don't have faith. They got yeah. fear. Yeah. That's why some people don't tithe. They don't give because they don't have faith. They're full of fear. And if you're going to give, you got to have faith, man. When, when somebody drops out $100 to offer to play or $5,000 at a conference for a missionary or whatever, that's faith. Yeah. That's faith in the Word of God. That takes faith to do that. And same thing with faith with bus ministry. Even though we talked about this at the conference, can you keep running those buses even though nobody gets on for a year? Yeah. Can you? Can you? You know. And can you be have be full of faith? Trust the law of the harvest. Yeah. Trust it. Trust God's word. Trust. Trust it. Like when we're teaching, like uh, but the Hodge was talking about things that can't, they don't. Nobody wants to talk about. You got to trust it. Preach to let the chips fall where they may. Kind of like we've all been to this where when we invited somebody to church and 
it just so happens at night that pastors getting on holiness, they're getting on rings and television <laughs> and makeup, and they're decked out, man. I mean, they're wearing earrings, foot feet long, you know, and <laughs> you know, and and but and you're like, man, you know, you don't want nobody to shout, you know. Everybody calm yourself, but you know, the thing is, you gotta have faith, man. Have faith, you know. Have faith in the Word of God. Have faith in the preacher. Have faith in the Sunday school department. Believe this thing works. Believe when you give. And that's another thing we we talk about really is giving. And uh, when we talk about giving, Pentecostal churches lock up, man. They really do. But it, it takes giving, you know. And I'm I, I'm personally testify that when I stepped up my giving, God began to bless. Not just financially, yeah. but God's blessed my ministry. Right. God's taken me places I never thought I would go. But that's all part because of giving. It takes people. When we look at this bill for church here in, in uh, White House, mm-hmm. somebody gave. That's somebody right. gave life tabernacle. Somebody, somebody gave. gave. Somebody's giving, and and we're gonna do the work for God. It's gonna take more than dollar bills, mm-hmm. and the offering plate. You know, I, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you a, a little testimony. I felt like one day I took like a light. I used to be pathetic in giving, and one day I'm watching my bishop. I'm watching my pastor, and I'm watching a friend of mine. These are men are blessed men. I mean, they're not only they're blessed financially, but their ministries are anointed of God. I mean, these guys. I mean, devils run from these guys everywhere they go. I mean, Bishop, when I was next to Bishop and Pastor, man, you you, it, you ain't scared of nothing with these guys. That's right. And I watched them every service they gave. They were ready. They had their offer prepared. It was either 20 or or $100. I'm like, man, these guys are giving. And like, a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that too. I made a commitment. I said, you know what? I'm going to give a 20 every service, no matter where I'm at. I'm going to give $20. And God began to bless financially, and God be all, over time. Now, over, and it wasn't overnight. Mm-hmm. Okay, just because you decide yeah. you want to get faithful in your tithes at one service does not mean you know you're going to get a million dollars all of a sudden. <laughs> but God started to bless, and um, and all of a sudden I felt like God gave me this great idea. Okay, keep it going, but this time match. Why don't you match your offerings with your tithes? I said, all right, and I started doing that, and man, God just began to. Uh, honestly, I've been blessed more in my ministry than I have been financially, yeah. really. And uh, and that's what actually takes it for a bus ministry. I mean, the thousands of thousands of dollars that goes in the fuel and maintenance. And I'm so grateful for our maintenance team that covered the cost out of their own pocket. They don't even ask for reimbursement forms. Yeah. I tell them, don't do that, please. Mm-hmm. But they do it anyway because this is my ministry. Yeah, that's People that's say, man, blessing. Mother Room, why did you spend $100, almost $100 worth of snacks every week? That's my ministry. That's my baby. Brother Buxton preached that peak a couple yeah. years ago. That's my baby. That's my, baby. That's right. my classroom. That's my baby. I and I believe in my classroom. Bad. Again, I have faith in my classroom. I have faith in that. Same thing with our buses. We got bus captains that buy their own gas. They buy their own snacks. They don't They don't go ask for the church reimbursement forms and this and that, which I told them they don't have to do it. We can cover that. But you know what? The way they look at it, they take an ownership mm-hmm. in this. So that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's giving your, not just giving yourself, not laboring, but also your money as well. Tongues and interpretation went forth at our church. Um, you know, because sometimes it, it, even if you're a leader and you're a strong leader and you're very, very dedicated, it can, you know, make you upset when other people are not as dedicated as you are and you want them. You just want everybody to yeah. be like you, but not everybody is like you. That's right. And um, so what happened was, you know, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Uh, the laborers are coming, and they're these bus kids. 
they're going to come up and they're going to get the Holy Ghost and they're going to latch on to what, you know, our vision and your pastor's vision and the work of Jesus Christ. They're our laborers. They're coming, but we have to get them in the church and train them up in the way they should go. And they're going to start working and they're going to do the work for us and with us. So I wholly, I wholly believe in that. You know, Brother Cornell said, commit that one year. You just mentioned it. He said, don't get mad when somebody else doesn't see the same passion, yeah. the same burden as you. Yeah. And I've been guilty as well. Like, my God, why don't they, they want to be a minister. Why don't they just work a bus? Yeah. But the thing is, they ain't seeing what we're seeing. They ain't having the burden yet. It's got to be, yeah. be a natural burden. So you can't get upset when somebody is not, they don't have the same burden as you. Yeah. If not, then you're going to just be bitter. You know, you're going to zap your joy. Well, that's, that's so true. I mean, it's, it's you know, um, again, and that's where it comes in. You guys got some great pastors at your church. We have them here at Inland Lighthouse. But I think uh, um, just putting the word out there, and if maybe you don't feel like you can teach Sunday school, whatever, but, you know, you got a pocketbook, you got a wallet and a bank account, you know, you can give that way and uh, support it. Be kind to these kids. They're Again, they're not perfect, you know, yet. Mm-hmm. But they're getting there. We're helping them, you yeah. know, and that's that's right. the big thing because these kids. And again, I think didn't Sister Booker come through. Um, a former your mom? bus ministry, yeah, yeah, Someone exactly. Wow, look at her now, teaching conferences and all <laughs> over the place, doing great things. Well, you know what, guys, I think we're going to go and wrap it up here. Phil, do you have anything final to say? Uh, um, uh, I'll make it super quick. Go to Commit Conference. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, you have to. You will not leave the same way. Okay. You, you owe it to yourself. The yeah. Commit second conference week of January, in, I believe. Yeah, first okay. January. Um, first weekend and then something like that. Yeah, first and second. Well, you can look it up. We you can find the dates yeah, easily enough. But I'm telling you, out, yeah. don't don't ask if it's worth it. It is. Yeah. Okay. I don't ask someone to describe it. They can't. You just have yeah, to. You just gotta go, man. It will change you for sure. The preaching is just unbelievable. I mean, he gets the best of the best. I mean, guys who just who did it. Who don't don't want to? I mean, he ain't getting no flash of the pain, guys. He's getting the the best, the best in Pentecost. I mean, if man, you want to awesome. leave with the burden for soul winning, there's nothing, no other place I've ever been. So the May Conference, you can get information. Again, it's January, but Holy Ghost Radio probably advertises it. Yeah. Uh, you can contact us here at, at uh, um, in the Lighthouse Podcast, and and we often show stuff like that. But all these other information. If you have any other questions out there on, um, um, if Feel free to write us. Uh, we can get a hold of, uh, of our guests here today if you have any specific questions. But get involved in your Sunday school and give. Give of your heart, your time, your money, whatever. And uh, again, the, the uh, it won't return void. And you'll see the benefits. It's just neat. Like I said, this thing with the ladies and the dresses and, and just being modest and holy, it's just awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys. We know you're busy. And I uh, took most of your day here this afternoon. And uh, But we want to thank you here from the lighthouse for coming all the way out here and we appreciate your work and may god continue to bless it in jesus name all right once again we want to thank brother and sister new for stopping by brother rome thank you we appreciate you guys taking the time to come and talk to us here at the podcast and for those of you who have any questions or comments go ahead and feel free to uh, email us at podcast at inlandlighthouse.com once again that's podcast at inlandlighthouse.com I'm Danny, and we'll see you next time.